many aspire to reach the upper echelon of the healthcare industry, but few are able to successfully navigate the corporate ladder. In this fortnightly series, C-Suite Partners sits down with international healthcare executives, asking the tough questions and unpacking the personalities of the top industry leaders. Welcome to the boardroom. Tina, thank you for joining C-Suite Partners in the boardroom. Pleasure to be here, thanks for the opportunity. So talk me through your career to date. Look, it's a really unusual journey. I've bounced all over the place in healthcare. It's really eclectic. Started in pathology, radiology, been in hospitals through, always taken every opportunity as it came and um, ended up with me being here in a regional CEO role um, and I think it's the best thing ever. With regards to your career, did you have a crossroads moment where you thought about, am I gonna stick with healthcare or am I gonna stick with the executive lifestyle? Can you talk me through that? Yeah, I think I've probably had two or three in my life. One, as I become a mother 15 years ago for the first mm -hmm. time, I think, you know, you, you have that moment where you think, can I do all of this at once? And mm -hmm. I was very fortunate to have a good support mechanism, so I stuck to the path and um, and I realigned my priorities a little bit to be able to manage professional and work life. I think the second one would have been making the decision to uproot the whole family within was a 13 year old and an 18 month old mm. to move from Australia to here to Singapore. You've been quite a success story in Asia uh, for your business. What advice would you give a, a female in leadership coming into the Asia market? What, what do they need to look out for and I suppose uplift their skill set within? I think if there was a, um, a dummy's guide to starting as a CEO in healthcare in Asia, it would have to be really, really set up a good network. So mm -hmm. um, when you come in, you have, I came in as a quite open-eyed, experienced health executive, but there was so much I learned from day one around culture, a way things are done, how business is done. Uh, you do need to prove yourself as a female CEO here. Um, you know, there is not a range of them dropping out of the trees like all the other areas it's improving. But, mm -hmm. you know, when I walk into a meeting, often my finance manager is still addressed thinking that he's the CEO, not okay. me. Um, and so for me, it was just building that by delivering, by following up, being innovative. So if I was a new executive and a female coming into Southeast Asia, I would connect to those that are already here, reach out to a network and mm -hmm. be a sponge and learn about everything you can. But I also wouldn't hesitate. You can succeed and you just need to have uh, tenacity and authenticity. And if you went back 10, 15 years at the start of your career as you became an executive, would you go back and potentially ask for more help? Or are you pretty happy that you were the type of person that did reach out uh, for advice? I'm not a shrinking wallflower, so I think anyone who's worked with me knows that I'm not the quietest one in the room. But I think what I would have done is probably um, asked for a little bit more help when I felt I couldn't before I had confidence. So at the very start of my career, even further than 10 years, when you're sitting in a room and you're in awe of the executives that are there and leading big organisations, um, you can be a little frozen in yourself to ask, can I do that or can I be involved in that project? Mm -hmm. So although I've sort of evolved quite quickly and got those skills, I think right at the start, I would have pushed myself to actually be involved in more, ask for more project work because with that is how I got a really rounded resume. What about the question MBA versus real life experience? I get that a lot from clients who talk to me about you must have an MBA if you want to be good at this particular role and others are very much focused on 25 years of proving themselves. 
Where do you sit there? Well, I don't have an MBA. I have an undergraduate business marketing, HR double. In my career, I felt I couldn't stop to do the MBA. I had to keep going to progress. And so I tried to put in short courses, which an advice one of my mentors gave me, okay. was do the course that you need now and, and layer it to make sure it lets you keep projecting forward and achieving what you need to do. Most of them are the courses straight out of the MBA, but it meant I didn't commit to one particular uh, size fits all because my projects or my needs were changing. Mm. I think study versus experience comes down to the person. Mm. The person is a performer and they've got a background of experience and on the table they could be just as um, effective in the role as someone who's got an MBA and learned it from textbooks. Mm. Just going back to I suppose the culture differences of doing business in Asia, what would your advice be for directly dealing with a client in the Asia market? I was very lucky, I had very Focus, I guess a lot of focus and a great respect for relationship building when I was working in Australia. It was mm -hmm. kind of a cornerstone of my leadership style. That is 150 times more important here in Asia. Mm -hmm. The relationship, the ability to connect interpersonally with people to do business is really, really important. Sometimes it's family businesses that you need to actually work with the entire family to get mm -hmm. them to come across, or sometimes it's around long-term continual touch points so that they get to know and trust you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the first questions I had was, where do you live? So they wanted to know that it wasn't a fly-in, fly-out, that you actually moved yes. your family here and committed. Um, you need to learn about the culture, how you hold business cards, to how you actually present at a meeting. Um, make sure that the ladies have somewhere to put their handbags because the highest of the chairmen here in Asia, if they're a female, won't put their handbags on the ground. Yes. Um, something in Australia, we tend to flop, you know, chuck them all over the place. Yes. Um, making sure that you actually follow up is really important. They like a follow-up email post every time that you've seen them to recognise the effort they made. So I think for me there's there's real tangible ways to connect a relationship with them. And some of that stuff you can actually then take back into the Australian setting about how to improve relationships back there because I think how long is it since anyone's ever done a hand thank you note to someone yes, for catching up in the Australian business where we do it all here all the time in Asia. And what about your career legacy? How, how would you like to be remembered? One thing I'm the most proud of is that people that have worked with me or around me have actually gone on to do other things. So I've done what people have done for me is identified talent and helped them get to their potential. So for me, it's really um, refreshing that people seek out to want to come and work with me or that they actually ask me advice on the next career, etc. So mm -hmm. for me, hopefully approachable, um, but also a, a, an environment in which uh, helps others succeed. Tina, thank you very much for spending time with C-Suite Partners in the boardroom. My pleasure, thanks for having me.